welcome to the Forgotten Fighters podcast, where we share with you some stories of individuals who are pioneers in the American civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, but are often left out of history books. I'm Merlis. I'm Anise. I'm Shifra. I'm Lily. We created this podcast because we noticed that in discussions of civil rights, we often hear the same three names, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., and so on. And while they all did incredible work and should be celebrated, there were plenty of other activists who contributed equally as much yet aren't as recognized. We're excited to tell you a bit about what we've learned about these forgotten fighters and we hope you find this this podcast valuable. Before we get started, thank you to the Honest Humanities program for sponsoring this episode of Forgotten Fighters. Honest Humanities is a living learning program at UMD that provides students with hands-on creative approach to learn about the different aspects of humanities. To learn more, visit honesthumanities.umd.edu. I had to learn, I had to learn that hitting back with my fist one individual was not enough. It takes organization, it takes dedication, it takes the willingness to stand by and do what has to be done when it has to be done. That was the voice of Ella Baker, who, who we'll be discussing today. We'll start off by talking briefly about her life story and what she did. Ella Baker was born on December 13, 1903 in Norfolk, Virginia. While growing up in North Carolina due to her grandmother's story about slavery, Baker developed a sense of social justice justice early on. One of her grandmother's stories included how she was whipped for refusing to marry a man chosen for her by her master. Baker's inspiration of social justice came from her grandmother's pride and resilience. Baker studied at Charles University at Rayleigh, North Carolina, where she was a young activist challenging unfair school policies. After graduating, she migrated to New York City in 1927 to join social activist groups. One of those organizations was the Young Negroes Cooperative League, whose purpose was to develop Black economic power through collective planning. She also joined women's organizations. Overall, she was very committed to economic justice for all people. As as she once said, people cannot be free until there is enough work in this land to give everybody a job. Baker played a major role in the three most most influential civil rights groups, NAACP, the Southern Christian Leadership, and the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Baker was a field secretary and director of branches for the NAACP, and she worked alongside Rosa to to organizing against discrimination and recruiting people to the civil rights movement. Following her work with NAACP, she was among the founders of Martin Luther King Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and three years later, she launched the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. As her work rises to current times, she is considered the mother of the civil rights movement because she framed the issues and set the group agenda. So now that we've heard a little bit about who Ella Baker is, let's talk about maybe some of the reasons why she's considered a forgotten fighter and why her work has only recently come to light and wasn't really highlighted back then. So I think one of the primary issues here is sexism. So Martin Luther King obviously was one of the faces of the civil rights movement. And again, as we've sort of been emphasizing throughout this series, he does deserve a lot of credit. He did incredible work and was an incredible leader within this movement. But he also held some very traditional views 
a few articles I've read have really emphasized that he um, believed that women should, you know, stay home, not hold public positions, not be involved in social justice organizing. So even though Ella Baker played an instrumental role in civil rights, and she mentored and advised many leaders like Rosa Parks, her efforts were often often overshadowed and overlooked by her male counterparts like King, who didn't believe that she should be holding such a role. And because she was a woman, she was never seen or considered as a legitimate leader by those male counterparts. And part of the reason that the men of the movement were very quick to dismiss her was also because she didn't really give in to their traditional views. She was very adamant and she saw herself as an equal to all of them. And because of this, she was pretty outspoken and she often disagreed with the duties that she was expected to perform. The predominantly male leaders of the civil rights movement expected her to provide financial and emotional support and keep track of the day-to-day duties of the movement. But she was like, I'm gonna be out on the front lines and I wanna have a part in organizing the big social justice um, aspects of the movement. Yeah, like Shifa said, like she went back down and she actually called them out on their sexism, which probably got her in even more trouble. But uh, as one article said, one of the most glaring and detrimental failures of King and Malcolm X was the failure to critique sexism within and without of the movement. Their attitudes were duly insensitive to the escalating women's movement. You know, we have to see these people as humans and not just, you know, the best of the best. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of a situation of like nobody was going to call out the sexism at that time anyways, who was a prominent figure in the movement. So when she decided to do it, she wasn't very accepted, but someone had to do it. So today she should not only be celebrated for her role in the movement itself, but also for um, looking at it with nuance. I agree um, with uh, what you said about Martin Luther King. So to rephrase, um, so during while working in the civil rights movement, um, it seemed like that Baker and Dr. King had a tense relationship. According to the Times article, Dr. King had difficulty allowing a woman's decision to trump his own. This was very contradiction, contradicting because Baker was focused on promoting the organization's overall mission than rather celebrating a specific leader. Baker was also vocally critic about of the concepts and notions of leadership within the civil rights movement. Baker believed in participatory democracy and this form of democracy entailed the involvement of everyone in society when it came to making decisions that would impact their own lives. And this approach to the democracy would ultimately limit and minimize the need for traditional leader leadership hierarchy. Baker believed that everyone within the movement was a leader in their own right because they were all working toward a common goal for racial equality. Yeah, that's definitely um, kind of a good point to keep in mind because we still see today in a lot of organizational settings that women like Baker who speak their minds are sort of downtrodden and not taken as seriously. So this is kind of a pattern that goes all the way back then. I agree. Sometimes women have to like really minimize themselves in front of um, male leaders in order to be like seen as like approachable. Definitely. In addition to her tense working relationship with um, Dr. King and the sexism that was um, present in the civil rights movement itself, it's possible that the role of religion, the role that religion played within the formation of the civil rights movement also had an impact on how others viewed Ella Baker because 
Baker was not the most outward, like most open with her religion. Like she didn't outwardly display her religious beliefs. And um, many of the leaders of the civil rights movement were also involved with different denominations of the Christian church. Um, so that also makes it very likely that the religious leaders of the civil rights movement were reluctant to listen or follow a woman who was not very religious herself. Yeah, for sure. And this kind of actually ties back to the sexism that we were discussing just earlier, um, because a lot of individuals sort of use their religion as a justification for very traditional views um, and the views that a woman should not hold an outwardly public position like that of Baker. So sort of there was that dual factor there. Um, not only were they maybe disappointed in her for not being open with her religion, but they also thought that her sort of role in the movement didn't agree with their interpretation of religion. I definitely agree with you all. So it's good to see that these days, the stories of women like Ella were involved in the civil rights movement are coming to light, even if they weren't highlighted during that era because of a number of reasons. This may be sexism, presenting a traditional age to white people that the activists were trying to convince and so forth. Going forward, it's important that we continue to recognize her and highlight these stories. So that's all for Ella Baker. Tune in next time to learn about Dion Damon. Thank you.